For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, Panther fans, what's the deal? Tony John here. It's tough sledding as the Panthers crawl to the finish line of the season, dropping their seventh straight game. It's a long downward descent, but we're here. Only one more post-game show after this one to accomplish. But we're not giving up on our Panthers. Some of those Panther fans were missing in action at Bank of America Stadium. And we don't want you to be missing in any action. So go ahead and subscribe to the C3 Panthers podcast. Join us on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Call into the show right now, 252-228-5098. Cody Lashney in the house. Uh, another another defeat in the books for the Carolina Panthers. It's getting uh, it's starting to be a feeling that we're accustomed to, sadly. It is, but um, wait a minute. Did did you smell that? Did you smell that? Because it kind of smells like a top ten draft pick, baby. Let's go. We're on the way there. Call me, Mister Brightside. What's up? We're here for the post game show. Listen, man, the season's been over. I'm not going to be upset and depressed about it, but I'm ready to talk about it with all the fans in the chat. With my man Tony Dunn, let's do it, baby. Okay, so uh, I guess in the in good news is that uh, Christian McCaffrey continues to be a stud. He reached a hundred catches, yep. uh, set the record for a running back with I think 103 pass map forte, and also third running back in NFL history to have uh, a thousand rushing yards and a hundred catches in a season. He's been productive. I felt like we've seen plenty of him. And I'm I'm actually very happy that they started to sit him in the late in that game. Christian McCaffrey seems to be the key component to this offense go heading into 2019, though, doesn't he? Absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, he is absolutely worth the the eighth pick in the draft that we used on him. Uh, I mean, he's absolutely incredible, man. I mean, they were even commenting during the game if we have an oxygen tent in the back. McCaffrey is going to need to sleep in that sucker. I mean, dude, he's everywhere. He's running the football, catching the football. He's a multi-purpose weapon. He's the definition of the modern NFL running back. And, I mean, that's going to be Cam Newton's best friend for the rest of his time here in Carolina. I mean, he's incredible. The Panthers fall uh, 24 to 10. That makes us 6 and 9 on the season after starting 6 and 2. We now hold the identical record to the Atlanta Falcons uh, and they have swept us. This is a, you know, if anything, this is upsetting just for the very fact that 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 the Atlanta Falcons and their fan base have found some solace in beating the Carolina Panthers, but like you said, is that I don't know if winning this game in the end helps us in the long run. I do think we got to no. see some important players out there today. So let's talk about this. The first thing uh, in this 
that we should probably address is Ian Rappaport reports um, before the game that it looks like Ron Rivera will be returning for 2019. And, uh, and, and this is one of those things burn. We talk about burning the tape of a, of a game. You're almost talking about burning the tape of a season, but hopefully they're going to be able to learn from that. Now, uh, your reaction to Ron Rivera returning in 2019, I know that you've been calling for the bandaid to be ripped off. I mean, listen, uh, I know it's Ian Rappaport and he's an insider. And I mean, obviously he has information and sources that, that we don't have and we never will. But um, I, I don't know. To me, that just doesn't – I mean, maybe it's me being optimistic. I, I just – I don't know. I, I think that if you look at, at this season and all of the miscues and everything that went wrong and, you know, going on Ron Rivera's ninth season, um, I don't know. It still doesn't seem set in stone to me that, that we would have Ron Rivera for uh, another year. Uh, if we do, and I think I even asked you this early, it's hard to imagine Panther fans being very excited about our prospects for the next year. Uh, I mean, you would have the draft and free agency, and that would kind of get the, the motors running um, on the excitement train. But I just don't know that Ron Rivera has what it calls for from a coach to be able to take us all the way. And I think a lot of fans think that as well. You know, it's tough to say. I, I do think that there is. is I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Ron coming back. I think we've had a good team uh, since he's been here. I, I think, if anything, uh, the one sad thing about Ron Rivera at this point is I don't feel like he's getting better as a coach. Uh, and, and that might be that he's plateauing. We've seen the best of Ron Rivera. But we haven't seen Ron Rivera either with the most talented teams in the league outside of the defense. And then you saw this year a, a defense that struggled mightily so um i don't know is that i think if you do move on from ron rivera you don't do it just to move on from ron rivera but to uh essentially to you would have to have a real plan lined up so now the excitement factor right now i'm going to say there is very little excitement i'm calling out panther fans at this point bank of america stadium looked empty today reports of fans piling out of there early conversations, even views on our videos are down so much, and it shows you how much winning solves everything and losing continues to add problems. But how do we generate excitement from what you saw, Cody, if it's not from Ron Rivera? And I think that there's a couple of names to point to that are exciting. The first and foremost is Curtis Samuel continues to show to me that he's ready to be an NFL football player. And that there's a lot of fight in that boy. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about, you know. Uh, I, I even tweeted it out. Uh, I forget who, who it was. They posted the picture of fans just leaving the stadium around the end of the third quarter. And I tweeted out, I hope David Tepper is looking at this because this is now David Tepper's organization. And if he wants to implement changes and get fans to be really excited about the Carolina Panthers in the month of December, now it starts with him. And now it, 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 he has the opportunity to show what kind of leadership he is going to put forth over this organization. And as much as, you know, and again, I even feel we are a little bit different on, on this perspective, but 
as much as I feel as though Ron Rivera has done good things for us, I think that if you just try out Ron Rivera and Marty Herney as the GM for another year, you're really not giving, uh, you know, these fans a whole lot to look forward to. And yeah, I am disappointed in the fans as well. But at the same time, I mean, you're looking at a watered down Carolina Panthers that aren't playing for anything. I don't know, man. It's tough to be too upset. I I do think that we always complain about not getting respect as a team from the national media from uh and we we get insulted by by being called a small market when charlotte is this great city to live in but right now i do feel that the fan base is remarkably fickle and, and that we need to be able to generate our own excitement instead of being petulant children who just need to be entertained entirely now that is not a pass to the team uh in the poor product that's been out there but if we do want to change the culture, i.e. the Ruining Riot um, moniker, is it starts with their fans um, being just as angry and excited as being happy and excited when things are going as well. So I, I do want to see the fans more involved. In, in, and if that's for more calls for Ron Rivera's head, if that's becoming uh, finding scapegoats, I think that's also part of being a fan to a certain degree. And and not that I want people to be attacked, but I need to see um, if if we can't be excited about Ron Rivera, how do we get up for next year? I think there are some things to see, and that is I think today we saw how important Cam Newton is to the success of the Carolina Panthers. Give a clap for Heineke for playing like an Iron Man, coming out there and fighting through the injury and playing hard, uh, celebrating his first uh, NFL start ever. But what we're seeing is this, is that Cam Newton is is the reason that Ron Rivera has been a successful coach, and he's the reason that we have been every week competitors and really relevant since 2011. Cam Newton has made a, a an average head coach, a subpar offensive coordinator in Mike Shula, and for the most part, a, a consistently – uh, decent to bad offensive line look incredible his entire time here in Carolina. Car- Cam Newton is the shining gem of the Carolina Panthers. And now everyone's on Twitter talking about, man, our offensive line is terrible. They didn't give Taylor any time to throw the football. It's almost like I've been saying that for months at a time. Listen, man, uh, I mean, you have to. Your hat has to go off to Taylor, uh, and he was playing hurt at the end, trying to stand in the pocket that didn't exist, and and, and make some big boy throws, and and he did his best. And um, you know, after learning about his father and everything he said leading up to the football game, even though it was a loss, uh, he has nothing to be upset about. Uh, he did his father proud today here in Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, it was painful watching him play through that. A lot of people asking why didn't we go with Allen, who who filled in admirably in the second quarter after that initial injury. Um, you know, and, and this is that here is – and, Cody, I know that you've been going back and forth with Brother Herbert for like eight weeks on the Panthers' offensive line. 
Yeah. The thing with the Panthers offensive line is this, is that for any when we complimented it this year and said that early on that it played to be above expectation, uh, when we what what we have to re- recognize, too, is that Cam Newton. First of all, this is not the worst offensive line that Cam Newton has played behind in his time there. And that's a travesty at the same time. That is an absolute travesty that this has been a problem that this team has not been able to remedy or rectify since Jordan Gross's retirement. That was the last time the offensive line was worth a damn. But to me, this again shows just how, how Cam can make a terrible, he's the only quarterback in the world that can work with this. And then yeah. you expect you expect it to be like this is that you look at that and you go, oh, well, they're playing pretty well. Well, Cam made it so they played mediocre and not awful. Yeah, listen, I mean, look at how the, the games that we've lost in the past, you know, a few weeks in a row, uh, minus Pittsburgh, we, they've all been close. And then look, Cam Newton is not on the field today. And look what happens. They win by what, two touchdowns? I mean, listen, Cam Newton, and that's why it, it infuriates me, and I will never uh, be upset that someone says, oh, I defend Cam Newton too much, or same thing with you as well. Um, I'll defend Cam Newton to the death because I know what he does for this football team, man. And and I, I put this out on Twitter also. You know, a, a pass rusher in the first round, man, that's that's fun. It's exciting have a, having a dominant pass rusher. That's awesome. But it's time for this organization to spend a premium pick on the offensive line. It's been time. You have to protect your crown jewel, your investment, Cam Newton. And if he doesn't have time to throw the football or, or, or you know, or, or we don't have uh, enough to, to run the football consistently, and Christian's always having to make magic on his own, then we're dead on arrival. The offensive line has to be addressed. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. This is the post-game show after a 24-10 to loss, the last home game of the season. And the Carolina Panthers are in. A, it's just a burning trash heap. Uh, on Bank of America Stadium. You can be a part of the show by calling 252-228-5098. Here's our first call. Hey, guys. It's uh, Cody from up here in Roanoke, Virginia, just calling in here at the end of this game. Um, I want to address all the people who just want to blame our losses on Cam Newton and just show how garbage that offensive line played. And Taylor Heineke played decently, but, you know, once again, he wasn't clutch. And a lot of the plays that he didn't make, Cam Newton's been able to make. So, you know, anybody who tries to argue that we're better off without Cam Newton, watch this game and then just realize how ignorant you are and then, you know, move on from there. Once again, I, I enjoy Cam Newton. I get frustrated by the inconsistency, certainly, but he gives us the best opportunity to win. And if nothing else, this uh, this loss today is going to prove that. Either way, happy with the ending. You know, would have liked to not see Taylor Heineke throw three, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey breaking the – uh receptions by a running back record is pretty sick. Um, really interested to see how his uh, career progresses and whatnot. I I, I really, really think the, the main objects are going to be our lines in the draft, and, you know, we're going to find that out. You know, not only did we find that out today, but, you know, next week against you know, New Orleans once we're in their dome, uh, you know, I think they're going to they're gonna run all over us, unfortunately. So, uh, 
you know, guys just wanted to hop in, you know, put my two cents in, you know, shut up all the cam haters and make them realize that, you know, there's there's more to this team than, than the quarterback that's the problem. And, uh, you know, with the quarterback doing somewhat a decent job today, um, still couldn't make things happen because the line couldn't keep him clean. So blame it on Cam all you want. But, uh, you know, it's, it's clear that uh, the, the deficiencies are in the offensive line, which we once thought was going to be a weakness. Then we thought it was a strength. Now we are, uh, you know, realizing that it really is a weakness and that we were just game planning around the weakness that our offensive line was. So, um, anyway, guys, you know, just uh, keep pounding, you know, enjoy the rest of the, the season. You know, Merry Christmas, and I appreciate all you guys do. Um, would like to, you know, be a part of that shindig thing one time, but I'll, uh, I'll uh, leave that to a, maybe a Tuesday night on my way home from work or something. But uh, all right, guys, talk to you later. There you Bye. go, man. That's a fantastic call right there. Really hits on yeah. on so many levels there. And yeah, look, just download the app and you can be a part of the shindig. It's that simple. Uh, but again, is is that that's what we see? Is I think the reason I like that call so much is because Cody said frustrated by yes, we're we're all frustrated by Cam Newton's inconsistencies at times. We're all frustrated by imperfection when we see, you know. And and to be fair, is that like how much has he done so well? But you can throw nine perfect passes and throw one dud, and we're going to focus and talk about the dud because it is the one that we we wanted or we needed. But at the end of the day, is that that's right, is that this, is that Cam Newton, his inconsistencies are way down on the list of the important problems facing this Carolina Panthers team. And when he said, we got to invest in the lines, both offensive line and defensive line, Cody, I think that while you're saying go and pick somebody high up in the draft, I, I believe at the same time this is going to take radical surgery and and a twofold effort of going and getting a premier guy potentially in free agency as a guard or some sort of you can't just do this alone through the draft yeah and you see i i, I wasn't um i wasn't on the show at, at this point but that's why in my mind even though it would have cost a ton of money um you know i've that's why I was a fan of paying Andrew Norwell whatever he wanted. I mean, even though we would have had Turner and um, and Andrew Norwell. Listen, man, you live and die by your offensive line. And, you know, I, listen, I, I'll give this to, to Van Ruten. He did a great job early in the season. But, you know, once he started to uh, face some of the better defensive tackles that the NFL had to offer, I mean, he just kind of looked – lost out there he missed a bunch of assignments and um you know i i wanted to retain andrew but it, it kind of makes me wonder and i don't know off the top of my head maybe you do um i don't even know who's available in free agency that that you could bring in right now that would even be um considered an upgrade at this point to our offensive line so it all depends on who's out there but listen it doesn't matter if it's in the free agency or in the draft, as long as we're making an effort to bolster the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the football. I mean, that that's what I want. That's what every fan should want right now.
and we're bringing it into to answer your question. And Tonya, you're Tonya, you're you're breaking up like really, really bad. Uh, maybe you might want to um uh jump out and come back in because <laughs> yeah, you sound straight up like a robot. So I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so uh, what I was going to say is that to answer your question about when the free agents that are out there is that uh, we won't know really until the you know the change of the calendar year and, and then you're going to start seeing some people offload some guys because of salary and some things, what the true free agency market looks like. So we've got Josh from Mass, though, drove down from Massachusetts to attend this game, his first Carolina Panthers uh, home game, and uh, we're going to bring him in to get a kind of a feel for what the game was like and what he saw. Josh, man, uh, long me? drive. I, yes, we can hear am you I, just fine. Or my long like drive for you. <laughs> uh, are you guys, when are you guys heading home? No, I got good signal. Uh-oh, he, he can't hear us. Hey, can you hear us, Josh? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, no. Yeah, yes. yeah, we, we can hear you. All right, cool. <clears throat> Cody, it sounds like he can't hear me well, so you lead it. Yeah, Josh, so uh, listen, man, you were our eyes and ears on the field today. Uh, Tony and I were talking about this earlier, so let me let me ask you, uh, what was the feel amongst the crowd today? Do you think it was a, it was a poor showing? And were, were as many people leaving in the third quarter – as it sounded like on Twitter? Um, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Um, you know, people leaving, never, never mind people leaving. They're just, there was a lot of empty seats in general. Um, yeah. I mean, from the get go and there was, there wasn't a whole lot of Falcons fans, but there was, I'd say probably one in 10 people. There was a Falcons fan, which, you know, for a home game for any team, that's that's too many. I mean, they're always going to creep their yeah. way in. Um, you know, you can't stop people from buying tickets. It's free, free world. Um, but yeah, it, it it the vibe there. Uh, aside from some of us who are just downright insistent on making a ruckus every chance we got. You know, every third down, yeah. every time our defense was on the field, there was a lot of people who were just sitting down, being quiet. And it's like, well, it, you know, that doesn't help the team any. Yeah, you it know, definitely uh, doesn't. Do, do, then, what did? It, yeah, go ahead. And then you know something else I noticed was was it, it seemed real easy for for some of the people for the wind to just get taken out of their sails uh, per se, it's just by some little thing, and it's you know an incomplete pass would make everybody go, oh, it's like all right, well that sucks, but it's you know there's there's two more downs or there's one more down or there's there's more to it. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe my attitude is a little different since I, I came from Massachusetts to come to the game. Um, yeah. you know, so for, so for me, it's, a am finally here. I'm finally getting to see it. Um, so maybe my, my mentality is a little different than most, but I mean, shit, I gotta say if I was local to this area, 
I'd be at as many games as I could, and I'd be as loud as I could, win, lose, or draw. And there was there was a lot of us who were, at least in my section, that were pretty loud right up until the end of the, you know, until it was obvious that it was that it was done, until that last yeah. change of possession. Um, you know, but I think I, I think this game, in a lot of ways, as 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 you know, a loss is never a good thing. But I think this kind of showed that. The O line really is as as bad as a lot of us have been saying. It's it's been yeah. a lot of I think it's been a lot of the problem with Cam. I think they're to blame for the fact that Cam is dealing with these injuries in the first place. You know, um, you don't just partially or completely tear a rotator cuff by not getting hit. It doesn't True. just happen. You can sprain things. You can you can maybe tear a labrum if your throwing motion is real real bad. But not like this, um, you know. So I think this was kind of the the final display of well, not the final display. There's one more week, sweet Jesus. Uh, but the final, <laughs> it was the up close and personal view of yeah, this O line looks as bad in person as it does on TV week in and week out. Uh, the D line looked just soft, man. It is soggy, boiled macaroni and noodles out there. It was bad. yeah, that and that 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 brings me to my next question. You know, when when the defense was on the field, did you ever have a sense that yeah, the Panthers were going to be able to make a stop here or be able to stop Mohamed Sanu and and Julio Jones from just driving down the field whenever they wanted to? No, no, there was never a feeling of all right, our boys can get the stop. Now, the granted, there's a few times they did, and and. Yeah. and God bless them for it, but, you know, and, and then I, another problem I saw was this, the lack of urgency with the offense in the last we, – we had the ball down two scores. We had all three timeouts. There's six minutes left and change, and we're only down by two scores. That should be a closable gap. Uh, even for an average team, you should be able to close that gap to one score. And then not be looking oh twenty four to ten, you know this this very easily could have been, uh, you know twenty four seventeen or even twenty four twenty three that type of deal real easily. Um, it was just miscues and and just little stuff that came up every single play. Those little things won't kill you unless they're happening every single play. Um, and, and, it was it was just sloppy. It was a mess, and there was no urgency. That it wasn't until that last drive, and we're past the two minute warning, and we're going to the hurry up. Finally, uh, yeah, that's it's like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? And you know, and then we had I forget what the play was early in the game, but there was a lot of us calling for for Ronda for the challenge flag. There wasn't even a thought about it. It was like, oh well, it is what it is. It's like, really. Really? Yeah. Not even going to try? You know, and then, of course, we saw we had the, the atypical Ron Rivera wasting at least one time out today, at least one. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we, we get these reports. You know, I saw it, was it this morning or late last night? It came out that there's a solid chance, most likely, he's going to be there next year, too. Oh. Yeah, oh, I mean, granted, he's brutal. not the whole problem, but man, uh, so I mean, 
I don't expect massive changes as far as personnel and in terms of coaching this coming year. I expect the big changes as far as talent to be coming this year through the draft. I don't expect us to make big free agent deals because we're not going to have the cap space for it. We're just not, you know, Um, which sucks to say, because I think a lot of us who are diehards at this point would really like to think that after this kind of embarrassment at the end of the year, that there's going to be some urgency in fixing the problems and fixing the issues you look at the way things are addressed on the field and you're like, well, they're not quick about dealing with that. And those are things you can deal with quickly. You can tell the guys, no, we got to go the hurry up. Here's your, you know, you you got your cheat sheet of plays on your, your wrist. So you, you know, you get a first down and just keep going. You don't wait 30 seconds to get up there and snap the ball again. That's you're giving them too much time. You're giving them too much room. And there were, there were times where, you couldn't tell whether it looked like they gave up or whether they were just defeated, just mentally defeated. Um, you know, and then some of those big runs that, that they got on us and stuff where, you know, they're bouncing off of one of our guys and they break off another 20 yards. Said, Man, what is that? What is that? You know, it doesn't help that. And then here's another problem. This week it rained. Uh, all up and down the East Coast, as I, I can attest, we, we drove down, uh, left Thursday night, and it rained from the time we left Massachusetts all the way till we got into Charlotte. I mean, sometimes yeah. it was, sometimes it looked like the second half of Jurassic Park, and sometimes it was just a drizzle, but the <laughs> point is it rained the whole time. And then the team, come to find out, had to practice in a hotel ballroom. Yeah, I know. What it's, is that? it's so embarrassing, man. It's so you embarrassing. You're not even giving the guys a chance to win. And then you come out with this slop game plan that's, you know, and, and no discredit to Heineke. I'm sure he was giving it everything he had. I'm not a believer in him by any means, though. I, I, he's, he's a liability. Well, how, 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 do you, how do you think Taylor played today? I mean, were, were you seeing a lot of open wide receivers – that that he was missing, he was, or yeah, he 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 was doing a lot of the stuff that Cam gets criticized for, Hot balls okay. that are a little high or overthrown, and and then of course, you know, you got Devin Funches out there, so that's 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 good for a couple, uh, you know, lack of effort plays there. Um, but I mean, he he didn't look like the worst quarterback I've ever seen, because uh, I you know I saw Jimmy Klaus. We've all seen that, so there's. Well, you know. also, how how much of that? How much of that do you think is he just had no time to throw the football? I mean, that offensive line was obliterated at every single yeah. turn. I mean, graded Jared, was, just, yeah. he could do he could do whatever he wanted today, whatever he wanted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there were there were times where. I think he had time and that's what made to me. That's what made it disappointing is there's times where he had time. He had an open man and he just threw it right over some guy's head. You know, there was a couple plays where he threw it right over DJ Moore, And it's like, you know, and then there was that one towards the end of the game where DJ should have had that. There's no questions. He should have had that. You know, it, it's, it's, it's come on, man. It's, it's the end of the game. It's the end of the season. And I get it. There's, there's, 
there's very little, if any, playoff hope on. Now, obviously, there's none. But, man, you're in front of your home crowd. This is the last home game of the season. This is the last yeah. time these people are going to get to see guys like Julius Peppers. This might be the last time that we get to see TD. This, this is, you know, probably it for Olsen, even though he didn't play. But, you know, this is the end of the line for a lot of these guys and for for it to be so just the whole time. Yeah. It, you know, you know, if nothing else, that, that those things should have been the motivation to win this game, to, to send those guys off with a win at home in, in front of a crowd. Now, granted, yeah, the crowd was kind of disappointing. You can't lie about that. But, you know, if you if you at least go out and, and you know, storm the beaches and, and really give it a shot, then I, I feel like people people will uh, will appreciate at least that. Um, and another thing with yeah. the offense was there was some miscues. There was a couple false starts. It's like, you know, there was a, there was a neutral zone infraction on us on defense. I don't think that was that was so great. And I think the refing overall in general today was pretty well against us. Um, very little, if anything, went in our favor. Um, th- it seemed like there was a lot of situations where. Falcons were allowed to just play, and we were just no, 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 no. So, Josh, uh, I have another really question. Kind for of you. frustrating all the way around, you know, because I mean we're, we're beating ourselves, which is never good. But then you got the refs on top of. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you I, hear I, me? I think. Yeah, can you hear Tony? I can't even see Tony. I just got a black oh, screen up top. Oh, okay. He's not even on the screen. Uh, so, look, we'll do this, Josh. Uh, one, thanks you so much for hopping on with us today, being our eyes and ears, our eyes and ears in the stadium. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump in, uh, into some more of the cat calls. But, uh, you know, uh, do you have any final statements or thoughts uh, about your, your time at the Panthers game today? Um, I, I kind of guess I got a message for – for all of us, for all of Panther Nation, is, look, yes, the team is one of the younger ones in the NFL, which is which is a really kind of a relative statement. They've been around most of my life at this point. They're 20-plus years old. I don't think that's too valid, but I get it to a lot of people. They're newer. And, you know, there's been some up and downs. There's been times where we've had a lot of success. You know, we've, we've lost two Super Bowls, but we've been to two Super Bowls. Um, you know, how many teams that are this young can say that uh, the Jaguars came into the league the same time as us and they haven't made it to two Super Bowls. They haven't made it to the same number of championship games we had. So um, really, it's just, yeah, it's rough, but stick with it, man. You know, I, at the end of the day, Absolutely. you can chop it up like this. Is I, I drove almost, a, you know, me and my buddy here drove almost a thousand miles to go watch this team lose. But it's like, well. That's rough, but are you just going to give up? It's going to give up hope That's on right. something that you at one point believed in. Um, you know, last I checked, our, our team motto is keep pounding. It's to stick with That's it. That's it. Man who, the man who gave us that slogan, the man had cancer, and he kept going to work. He didn't give up. You know, and 100%. You, you look you look at that and. That's supposed to be the foundation of what a Panthers fan is. That's that's the definition. Yes, the team was around before that, but but 
when that phrase came to be and that init that first Super Bowl year, that was that was the beginning of, of the real beginning of this franchise, I feel like. So to all y'all who are down and not feeling great about the team, and it's and it's you know, this ain't the end. You know, we did the smart thing. We sat Cam for a couple games, these last two games, because there ain't no point to having him out there. You know, we've got a promising draft coming up that, that's got a lot of players that can fill a lot of the needs that we have. So, you know, the future's bright. We got a great we got a great owner who's who's serious about turning things around, it seems. So my message to everybody is to just keep pounding, stay pounding. Because, yeah, this year's over, but, man, we got a draft coming up. We got next year. We got we still got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We've got some great weapons around him, some, some guys who, once they really, truly develop, I think are going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. And, really, our, de- our defense, despite their struggles, I, we're a pass rush away from being what we used to be and then some. So, yeah, no like doubt. I, said, I mean, and you, you, you really do hit the nail on the head. There is a lot to be hopeful for about this team. It's a bad season. You know, it's another season down the drain. But the pieces are there. And we have fans like Josh from Massachusetts driving a thousand miles in the rain <laughs> to see the team lose to the Falcons. Josh, we love you, man. Thank you for the support. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, drive safe back home, man. And, uh, We'll see you next Tuesday. Maybe you can hop on with us. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. And uh, I got to drive ahead of me. So have a good one. Be safe. Absolutely, man. Keep pounding, man. Damn. All right. That's Josh from Mass. Cody, you can hear me. People in the chat room said they can hear me. And uh, yeah. interesting. Uh, here's a lesson learned for people attending their first uh, Panthers game. And especially if you have to travel a bazillion miles, if you go in the first five games of the season, you're always relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, is that, yeah. and then, but the, but the thing is, is you are trying to bet your money that, um, that you're going to schedule a great game, a division game, week 15, Panthers contending for the playoffs. There's an excitement to that too. Uh, that you're hoping w- would be there, but you can't foresee that when you plan these trips. All right, so uh, great great stuff from Josh from Mass. We appreciate his contribution to the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and s- smash that thumbs up button. Turn your phone to portrait mode. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the little bell. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to grow Panther Nation. We're going to grow that fan base. We're going to help change that culture like the Ruin Wright has done so well. And look, the Panthers uh, – Here's a, th- a nod from the Panthers is they gave uh, like a celebration video to Roy and Riot and to Zach Luttrell. And, and I think even the Panthers know at this point that it's important to, uh, to coddle this fan base at this moment yeah. <laughs> and to puff us up. So if you want to hit a retweet Carolina Panthers on Twitter, the C3 Panthers podcast, we're okay with that. Um, and let's go ahead and jump back into the calls because I know the fans got plenty to say in this game, after this game. Hey y'all, what's the G Glossier? CP Man, I was so amped to see this game and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. Honeke got hurt. Such a history bug has played us this whole entire year. Unfortunately, the dude looked pretty good, but those two interceptions is just, just just wasn't our year. 
<clears throat> unfortunately. I mean, I'm hurt because I really, really thought that we was going to win these two games. Minnesota was going to lose, you know, and I really thought that we were going to get that six seed. But, unfortunately, we won't. <laughs> wow. You know, we'll miss the damn playoffs, you know. Again. That's a true fan. Jesus, And true I just fan. saw, you know, through social media that Rivera's coming back next year. My opinion, <clears throat> like I said before, I want to fire his ass. I don't want him to come back. I believe he lost the team. You know, but maybe Tepper sees something in Rivera that we don't see as fans, you know. So keep pounding, and I can't believe we got swept by the damn pussy-ass Atlanta Falcons. I cannot stand Hell it, yeah, but man. you know what? The hell with it, man. This wasn't our year, so off to, to the draft and everything like that. Y'all keep pounding. Wait a, you know, look at that. Is that man right there? He won't give it up at all on this season. He's sitting there looking at the Panthers trying to find a way with a backup quarterback to make playoffs and and, yeah. and, and find some action later on. Uh, but, you know, is he said at the end, this just turned out this wasn't our season. It's sad, though, because people said in the chat room, I saw this, and this is something that Cody has said over and over on repeat on this podcast, and that is, you know, these guys don't have unlimited careers. Cam Newton no. is not going to be here forever in his prime. And you've talked about wasting away the good years of Cam Newton. And and this is twofold, wasting away potentially on not surrounding him with the best coaches, not a great co- quarterback's coach in the beginning and Ken Dorsey, uh, limitations on the offensive uh, coordinator, now you go and you try to repair that by bringing in the old hat North Turner. It looks like it's helped. But again, you see that not giving him an offensive line. On top of that, let's remember this, folks, that not only have we not had an offensive line for the last six years, we haven't had an offense outside of camp. So finally, we're just seeing a team that has an offense that has some players that can contribute other than just Cam Newton making everybody offensive line and wide receivers uh, better look better than they truly are. So I saw that Tim Tizzy noted that there's going to be 34 players in contract years this season. So the Carolina Panthers over oh, it's it's time for it looks like a big big rehaul, a retool, new faces, new names. But I think it's time to go ahead and protect our assets. Specifically, Luke Keekley being the most important and only defensive asset worth protecting at this moment. Cam Newton, clearly, and now Christian McCaffrey. It's time to see some of these guys and what they can do. And maybe if there is a criticism of the Carolina Panthers right here, is why didn't we see some of these other players like Rashawn Galden? Uh, Marquise Haynes was a healthy scratch today. Why are we not trying to do more player evaluation in these last two weeks when the writing is on the wall? The number is 252-228-5098. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, guys. Hey, Tony. Hey, Cody. Hey, Panthers Nation. It's Nova Black uh, calling out the game. We lost to the Falcons, man, at home. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk the ins and outs of the game. Seven in a row, nobody's seen that coming. Uh, but Taylor Heineke did really good driving the ball down the field. Christian McCaffrey, do I need to say anything more? I mean, nope. uh, at least, God dag it, uh, 
we get a good draft pick again, like I said, next year. So, hey, you guys, keep pounding, keep bringing the podcast, man. Keep bringing the heat. Uh, keep looking at the film and breaking things down and, you know, bringing all that good inside information to Panthers Nation that common fans don't really know much about. We you know, got you, Nova. Of things like defensive plays and the mistakes that were made and all that other good stuff. Y'all have a great day. Uh, see you guys next Sunday. See you guys Tuesday. Man, thank you, Nova Black. Man, way to keep pounding there. And to speaking of some of those things, what we saw today is, again, uh, I did not see us looking at a lot of the younger players. I saw What I saw today was Thomas Davis yelling or talking junk with Captain Munderland on the sideline. To me, that's a sign this, is that, like, Cap, first of all, probably got to know your place when you're talking to Thomas Davis. Number two, that why aren't we trying to find out a little bit about more about Corn Elder? And we're talking about defensive mistakes. The big one was that one play, 75-yard touchdown by Calvin Ridley, where Dante Jackson and 14-year veteran Mike Adams were not on the same page. And from the way the broadcast made it look, until we go back and look at all the footage, maybe ask Ron Rivera in some post games, uh, that that was on Mike Adams making a mistake. So this team is is the question is have they quit out there? I don't think they've quit, but it sure seemed like the Atlanta Falcons had more to play for today, and that's surprising given that they had a worse record than us. Yeah, I mean they were they were already eliminated from playoff contention. Look, let's be real. Neither of these two teams are playoff football teams. But technically, before today, we were not eliminated from playoff contention. They had already been. And, yeah, you're right. They were a, a feistier football team that came out more dynamic. And and also, listen, let's just be real uh, as to what it is. You know, we're not a fan of Matt Ryan. But if if you're picking your fantasy football team, who are you picking as your quarterback, Matt Ryan or Taylor Heineke? I think we're probably <laughs> well, picking. Easy. Yeah, uh, okay. I mean, we we had an offense that that had no chance, but uh, yeah, the the defense didn't do any favors uh, when they knew that our offense wasn't going to be able to put up a bunch of points. So I don't know, man. There, there's a lot of problems on the team right now. And I, I definitely do think that, um, you know, that they didn't have a fire lit under their asses today because they knew that they didn't have anything to play for uh, since Cam Newton wasn't out on the field. Well, that's really disheartening to me, Cody, because this is that I, I do think that if you were able to put the younger guys in, I understand that a a team of full of veterans that are already looking ahead to next season, that are looking at the rehabs, that thinking about offseason surgeries or whatever that they've been hiding and dealing with or, or potential contract negotiations, free agency, I understand those guys being disheartened, especially when you look up into the stands and no one's there. But that's why I think you can bring in the young players here and give them a 100% opportunity to go out there and play. And you didn't even see – look, Cameron Artis Payne, they asked Cameron Artis Payne finally to go out there and make some plays. And you got to think of this, is he's got a three-play audition for the offseason. So I think that you can generate some of that excitement by trying to put some guys in some real situations instead of – Captain Munderland out there, and and more Mike Adams. 
at this point, those guys are gone. They are done from this team. It's time to find out if Rashawn Golden and uh, a, and Eric Reed could be a, a, a workable combo going f- forward. It's time to learn if – and I think we did learn a little bit about Ian Thomas, but that's not even the coaches making a, a decision. That's decision by default because of Greg Olson's injury. So it's really surprising to me that we're not more interested in the evaluation process. I understand Thomas Davis – as well as Julius Peppers, tip of the cap for the fumble recovery today and getting to know them. But I don't understand why we don't just put Luke Keekley in shrink wrap at this point, bubble wrap, and try to protect him because he is our most important asset on the defense. And really, other than K.K. Short, who missed his first game of his career, is the only one worth caring about at this point. Yeah, I mean, there, there are players that were playing today. I mean, it, the amount of – and I, I saw that you tweeted this out too during the football game. You know, Christian McCaffrey was out there for so long and we're not playing for anything, and yet we're still just putting the ball in his hands and putting the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, I definitely understand. But uh, Tyler Lovato in our YouTube chat uh, wants to know uh, to us, what do you do first round in the draft? Do you go offensive line and defensive line? And Tony, I want to know your answer, but to everyone in our YouTube chat, tell us what you think. Do you think that we should go offensive line first round in the draft, or are we in more need of a better pass rusher to fill out the team? But for right now, Tony, I'll pose that question to you, my yeah, brother. My answer is 100% defensive line to get a top 10 pick okay. there. Unless, and now unless here, we'll have to go and grade all the left tackle. If somehow right. a the type of left tackle player that you draft in the top five is available there at like eight, seven, or eight, if there is a player like that who is a guy that you believe could be a 10-year starter in the league, at left tackle, I do believe you go ahead and make that move there. I don't believe you're going to be able to find a left tackle in the second round that you have that confidence in. But if you don't have that confidence in a left tackle future kind of if, – if you think this guy is still part project, I say you go defensive end and you find a way to meet those needs more in free agency. And I think you could do this is I think you can find a good center, a good guard, uh, in the second, third, fourth rounds a little bit easier than you can find a pass rusher who is going to be a productive player in the short term. Yeah, and I think the mindset, and I've even seen um, Scott Thomas say this uh, in the YouTube chat, switch both in the left tackle and Daryl Williams at right tackle. So how much are you going to pay Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams had one good year in 2017, and now he's coming off of a year where he didn't play since Dallas in game one. So, you know, how much how much money is Daryl Williams going to ask for and how much money are the Panthers going to be willing to give him? If Daryl Williams does come back, I, I am a fan of that. It just depends. Um, I've, I've started to look at a few of the players in the draft, and there are at least two offensive tackles right now that I would love to have on the Panthers um, in the first round. Uh, that's Jonah Williams out of Alabama and a man named Yadni Kajust, a left tackle out of West Virginia. And he's a mauler, man. Um, 
it's a little up and down in the chat. Um, the chat saying, you know, some saying offensive line, some defensive, some saying both. Um, I think you all know where I stand at this point, man. Um, there are some incredible pass rushers that you can find later on in the draft. Um, I say it's time to protect Cam Newton. Spend a premium pick on the offensive line. Let's never have to think about our left tackle ever again. That's what I'm saying, man. I want to move well, on. Well, you know, that's that, it's so much Go easier ahead. said than done. It's so much easier said than done. And I and I and I put this out is think about the guy who is what is the left tackle for the Atlanta Falcons? He was like a number three pick, and he was one of the most. Uh, touted prospects coming out of the draft, and it took him two years before he acclimated. So I guess what I what I do believe this is that um, you better be sure that first round, if you got a top 10 pick, you can't miss. You cannot afford to miss on the top 10 pick. I do Absolutely. believe it's probably a little bit easier, though, to nail some very productive and important players at center and guard in the second and third round. I do think this, I expect the Carolina Panthers to double dip on offensive linemen and defensive linemen. In fact, we have triple dipped on cornerbacks and it's been terrible at this point at at right now is that this should be a draft where there's seven picks made and all seven and six out of the seven picks are, are linemen. And then maybe you pick like a backup quarterback in the last round or something. So it's tough. The Panthers got a lot of work to do. The number's 252-228-5098. Here's your next call. Hey, guys. This is Carl Van, and I just got something I want to say. It's <laughs> time to get rid of Ron Rivera. It's time to get rid of the entire coaching staff. Get rid of all of them. Get rid of every last one of them. I'm going to tell you why. Because – that offensive line and that secondary did not come to play football today. They don't care about Ron Rivera's job. They don't care about it. And I'm going to tell you, that, that, that's on the players. But Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera set that atmosphere a long time ago. He's always been too buddy-buddy with the players. We need, a, we need somebody who is an authoritative figure that will come in and put his foot up asses. They knew his line, his job was on the line today. They did not come to play. When you go on Thursday night football in front of national TV and you fall asleep on the sidelines, what does that tell you? Huh. Think about that for a second. We do not have enough discipline in that locker room and we need to, uh, we need a football coach that's going to come in and it's going to steal that. I think that's a good point. I don't care how good of a locker room guy is. That, that's his Achilles heel right there. You know, that's a double-edged sword. He might be, he might be a, he might be a good locker room guy, but we need somebody to instill some fear in these guys. I don't like what I'm seeing. Get rid of everybody. Get rid of all of them. Top to bottom, start over. I don't care who we put in there. I'm tired of seeing this bullshit on the field. You know, this is uh, – thanks, Carl, for the call. Uh, we understand and recognize your frustration. And one of the things that is is that for so long, Ron Rivera, a player's coach, number one, uh, um, and number two, had seemingly had so much – was able to to corral and, and keep 
that morale up late in the year. It seems like this is the first year, and really after the Super Bowl, I believe things made a turn. I think Ron Rivera made a turn as a head coach where he became slightly more entitled in believing that what he was doing was responsible for the Panthers' success, and he continued to point blame on the players more and more each and every press conference. But right now, um, you know, watching the pain, the press conferences from Ron Rivera has been painful. Watching this team in this in this skid has kind of been painful. And today uh, was I don't even know if I'm that upset. Is this is maybe I'm most upset that the defense. Uh, did not play and respond like they did last week uh, against the Saints. It seemed like we were able to get up for that game. We weren't able to do that. Knowing this is that I mean, the Panthers' offense was working with what they had, I felt like. It's a really tough position, and I am a little startled that the report's coming out that Ron's safe before today's game, Cody. Yeah, I am too. And I mean, honestly, and I said this earlier, I'm not 100% buying it, to be honest. Um, you know, again, I don't know where Ian Rappaport is getting his information from. Maybe it's the best source ever, but I, I don't know. I just don't think, you know, I, I don't know what conversations Ron Rivera and David Tepper have had that assures Tepper that Ron Rivera is the guy for the future. And to be fair to Carl, listen, man, I, I don't think anything he said was wrong. I mean, we have guys that, I mean, you even said it earlier, Tony, before Carl called in, that our defense was flat. And why is that? Is that not a coaching thing? When your players don't show up with a mean streak in them wanting to punch someone in the mouth, that's not always on the players. That's on the coaches. And then also, think about how many times in 2015 when our defense was supposedly the best it's ever been that we let teams come all the way back on us. There's been a problem with our defense of of just bending and not breaking at the very ending of the football game, being dominant to start out, but then just folding at the very end. That's on Ron Rivera. That's not acceptable anymore. That's why I don't understand this uh, uh, Ron Rivera. He'll be here next year. I mean – if he is, he is. I think it's the wrong move, but I don't know where that comes from, and I don't know how David Tepper has made that decision already. Yeah, that's a good point. Is what? How has he made that decision already? Is that for me, Cody? Is that I understand your position of it? Is that bringing back Ron Rivera is the wrong move? But I think that also is that that's only half of the puzzle. It also is the other piece of the equation is who replaces him. So unless we are really yeah. confident in the direction that we're going, it's kind of like one of those things, making a change to make a change could be problem- problematic. Uh, at the same time, though, if you are doing it out of complacency or fear or, or whatever it may be, uh, that that's a different story. So is is that we will know more when we start to see some of the hires, the, the fires that are going on. Uh, and to see where Carolina's at and how they approach this. But things right now is no matter what the Ian Rappaport thing says, is that nobody feels particularly safe in Carolina. Other than Cam Newton, what was your impression before we go to the next call of Cam Newton's demeanor on the sidelines? Uh, looked like uh, to me, for me, Cody, the way his demeanor was, it, was, it looked like a kid who was sick uh, on Christmas. 
Well, it was a little bit of two things. It was a little bit of Cam Newton being the excellent teammate that he's always been. He had the Heineken shirt on in support of Taylor, and he was celebrating more than Taylor was after Taylor threw his first NFL touchdown. So you had Cam Newton being an excellent teammate, but also it's Cam Newton the competitor. And the, the, the division rival, uh, probably our most hated division rival, is on the field putting up points on us and is helpless to do anything. I mean, those are his guys out there on the field. Of course Cam Newton wants to play and is disappointed that he's not out there with his brothers being able to you know, play Panther football. So, yeah, I know he was upset, but, um, you know, I, I want my quarterback to be upset about him not being on the field. Yeah, is it was a you know it's it's kind of just tough to see him over there. He's dealing with it. I do think you learned a lot about him as a competitor, uh, and that is that he just always wants to be on the field. And that and and a testament maybe that's why it's been so hard to sit him to this point. Uh, really interesting things. And I, I'm going to go ahead and play the next call. I want you to think about this question. Where you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. My question to you in the chat room, as well as to you, Cody. But while I play this next call is uh, who should get that touchdown ball, Ian Thomas with his first NFL reception or Heineke with his first NFL throw it passing touchdown? Who should get that ball? How do we figure that out? What do you do in that situation? The number is 252-228-5098. Here's your next call. Hey, what's going on, Cat Chronicles? This is DJ Raleigh. <sighs> another week, another loss. I hear you, DJ. Sad we're getting used to this. But uh, Taylor played as good as he could today. I mean, he got hurt, and then we had to put dude in from the practice squad. So, but it, yeah, he's a backup, and Taylor's a backup. So I knew going in, it was what it was. He made some mistakes. Just honestly, I'm just ready for the season to be over. I, I don't know what to say at this point. It's just our Panther fandom is just. I'm still here, but yeah. And it I hurts, appreciate man. you guys being there every after every game. You guys are great. <laughs> Good to talk no to. Problem. Defense. They got burnt by Calvin Ridley a, couple, a whole bunch of times. <sighs> this all season, we need to revamp this whole defense. Go younger. Build around Dante Jackson and Luke. Get rid of Poe. Get rid of Cap. In the offensive line, we need to grab some offensive linemen. It's just, even when our backup is getting hurt, we got a problem. But, love the show. Keep pounding Panther Nation forever. All right, so I think that that call captures a lot of things right here. What we know is this, is that continued offensive line is a problem, but this defense right now, it, it's it's time for a new page in the defense. And and Luke Keekley now becoming the old hat on that defense and, yeah. and now tied to build around younger players. Good news, though, I thought James Bradbury has played 
pretty well in the last two weeks, given his struggles earlier uh, in this in this stretch. I think that's a good good news. But I'm pr- probably for all we know is James Bradbury. Actually, he's entering a contract year this year. He was a second round pick, so that makes him a fourth year player that comes up for his rookie contract. But man, uh, this defense. I uh, think Bradbury is, has that, one more year after this one. Right. So right. next year being his contract, like, so he'll play. So next year should be theoretically his best season if he wants to get right. paid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, but here is that when, you know, what is uh, upsetting to me about that call is that is, is because I feel this is I was thinking about this before the show. I saw someone, a, a Panther fan that I know and respect and I know is as hardcore as you can get. And they said, I'm just having so much trouble getting excited about this game today. Um, There is a defeatist feeling at this point, a defeated feeling. And I don't think I even felt this in 2016 after the Carolina Panthers suffered the, the hangover season. This one has just felt like, man, we don't got what it takes. It, it does feel that way. But at the same time, listen, I, I don't want to make it sound like our fan base is so much worse in this kind of scenario. Listen, I maintain that the Falcons have one of the most front-runner fan bases in all the NFL. They'll be, you know, doing good in their season, and their fans start leaving the stadium, okay? So it's not like the Panthers are the only team fan base that does this. But yeah, listen. When there's nothing to play for, I mean, now you're 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 trying to find a reason to enjoy the football game today. For me personally, it was thinking about Julius Peppers and Thomas Davis. Uh, this potentially being the final game they'll play in Bank of America Stadium as a Panther, and you know, I wanted to cherish that moment. Um, for others, it's you know, thinking about. Uh, you know, the draft pick or just whatever it is, you know. But um, it, it, we're not the only fan base that, that gets down on ourselves. And I think one of the things that makes it so disappointing is that we do have a talented football team. I mean, if you look at the amount of times we lost by three points, man, just Six one, points. Bad, yeah, one thing goes the wrong way and the whole thing crumbles. So... It, it, you know, starting six and two, the only team to ever lose seven in a row after going six and two. I mean, it, it really is embarrassing after our hopes were, were bolstered so high, then to just have, you know, the, the air just deflated from us. Uh, yeah, it, I keep, it, it feels bad. I keep thinking about this tweet from this stupid bucks podcast or bucks website or something i forget who it was and i don't really care who they are but they put up a tweet at the beginning of the season and it put the panthers last in the division six and ten was their call and i and then i was like first of all shut the hell up from the beginning of the season i was saying that uh second i I do want to remind that we won't be last in the division and third is the fact that what's really upsetting is that we're really going to be six and ten after start yeah. six and two, it's un- unfucking believable that that tweet has has tortured me all damn season long, and it looked like the joke was on them. Then as the joke turned out to be on us. 
It's tough, man. It's tough. And right now, I do think, like you said, is how do you get excited when Ron Rivera, more of the same at this point. And all I can hope is, is that even your curse, the number's 252-228-1598. Oh, by the way, I hope everybody sees what life is like without fucking Cam Newton. Amen. So, Say that shit. So, Say that shit. Everybody, everybody that, that, that hates on Cam Newton, I just want you to see what life is like without him. Yep. That makes everybody better. Trash. Trash. Heineke didn't have a chance today. He's 6'1". He's bigger than Drew Brees. He's bigger than Drew Brees. And he didn't play bad considering the time he had in the fuck. Man. It's just ridiculous. If this is the same coaching staff we have going into 2019, I don't even know what to tell y'all. It's going to be another disaster. It's going to be another disaster. Look, and that's all I can think about to say right now. Yeah, I'm being fucking pissed off. I expected better than this. You know, a tough game. To, yeah, and it looked like everybody had quit at this point. It looked like they got jazzed up for the first quarter. And look, it's actually, I don't like to say that. I don't like to say because, man, I, I saw Eric Reed out there playing pretty hard. I saw Luke Keekley always playing hard. I saw Julius always Peppers for his, old, for his old ass playing hard. I saw Kyle Love getting after it. Is that, <laughs> but there was a collective feeling, though, that the Panthers, at, at, I think there was a point once that Taylor Heineke got hurt. Once that big play from Calvin Ridley, that there was no coming back after that. But this goes to show you this is, yes, what a, what a crazy thing, Cody, in that the idea that we can be so hypercritical of a Cam Newton, right, as in trying to say he's not elite, he's elite, he's top ten, he's not top ten, he's not top five, he's not – like all of that. And then you realize this is that you don't know what you got until it's gone. And like he said in the call, Taylor Heineke played admirably. I think he played very tough. I thought that it is that once you saw the injury was bothering him tremendously. But is this, is that this is what happens. You are able to be hypercritical of your quarterback when he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, and, and- it's hard for me to not sound full of myself and come on here and toot my own horn, man. But I have been saying forever and ever and ever and ever and ever <laughs> that, this, that this offensive line is fucking bullshit, man. It's a bad offensive line. It's not average. It's a bad offensive line. And it takes the backup quarterback to come in before everyone's like, oh, man, Taylor Heineken doesn't have time to throw the ball. Yeah, no shit. I've been saying it for six weeks now. <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> offensive line. I've been right the whole time. Sorry, Carl. Sorry, Brandon. I've been right the whole time. It's a bad offensive line, and we're never going to be able to do anything unless we have an offensive line that can pass protect, period. I mean, that's as far as it goes. So, well, I mean, yeah. Why you've been saying bad. it for six weeks, I've been saying it for six seasons, Cody. <laughs> All right. All right. The number is 252-228-1598. Hey, guys. It's, it's Chris, Panda Fan 13 on YouTube. Going from 6-2 and two to 6-9 and nine and probably 6-10, and ten is, Ron needs to be fired. This is bullshit. They There's need another. to do something. I, I hope that Rappaport, 
what he reported is not true because there needs to be a change. Or a lot of, I hope he spe- Tepper saw that a lot of the fans were leaving the stadium during the game because they've had enough. And they they need, there needs to be a change up. or a lot of people aren't going to watch. And, the bit, and a lot of people won't renew their season tickets, so stuff's got to get done. Yeah. Do you guys think he ends up getting fired? Let me know. And always, you guys do a great job. Keep pounding. All right, I think Cody's been all over it is that while the report's out there is that we don't know what's going to happen until it happens. And and right now there's still another game. We are on a historically bad slide. Seven straight losses. Looks like it's going to be eight. Uh, And and if anybody thinks that it's going to be otherwise, to go on the road with an injured Taylor Heineke to win this is is just ridiculous, I would think, to believe that that is that is it possible? Yeah, I guess it's possible for me uh, to sleep with a supermodel tomorrow, but likely I doubt it. <laughs> so is that is that so we don't know. And I, I think that right now is that there isn't a lot to be happy with with anything at this point. The roster looks like it's been is, is not good enough, uh, filled out well enough at this point to compete for the long term, and the coaching staff has not put us in position to win. So let's go keep going with your next call. Hi, this is Paul D. I don't – I'm calling in the middle of the show. I'm not sure yeah. if um, – I caught the show late. Um, got you, brother. So maybe even my cat call again in the day. If not, it'll be whenever. Oh, Tony, when is we having the um, – are y'all going to do anything this week at the podcast? Think I'm um, I was, like if, I said, I came in late, me. so I don't know. Let me know. Oh, by the way, Cody, I mean, a left tackle is not always a home run hit. I mean, there's been a lot of good there left tackles in college that were drafted high and didn't make it. Like, what's that? Did one do Jason Smith? Um, as an example, that the Rams drafted real high and he turned out to be a left. Um, then there's Greg Robinson. Another Rams left yeah. tackle. They drafted to be a. He was great in college, and he didn't have a. He's not having a good year. Um, there's a couple of left tackles. So if we're gonna draft the left tackle that high, um, we gotta make sure we do all the a good daggone scouting on him. That's why I'm thinking defensive. And well, defensive end is the same thing. So yeah. I is mean, equal, the hardest position to land in the draft. The draft, a tackle and a defensive end. That high, I mean, high in the draft. So you know, so you guys, let me know what you think. And um, that one caller talking about Ron needs to go. Yep, fire hope, fire everybody and fans. <laughs> come on, guys, let's let's welcome change. Let's stop being afraid of change. Let's get some change up in there, new attitudes. So we go back to being the Panthers that we used to be, going out and feasting on all NFC South foes. All right, guys. Cardi signing out. All right. So real quick, before we go forward and uh, and you know we uh, talk about Carl's cat call in our chat room. There's a man by the name of Pigskin Pete. And whenever I'm in his chat room, he's always kind enough to give uh, the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast a shout out. So I'm going to return the favor to him. 
He does a uh, Clemson Tiger podcast, and he talks about uh, everything NCAA football. He's a great YouTuber, and YouTubers got to show each other some love. So go check out Pigskin Pete. Uh, he's a great YouTuber. And, uh, yeah, man, check him out. Um, as far as uh, Carl D and what he's saying, listen, your front office has to do what I call the due diligence. They have to make sure that the player they draft, they're going to be able to hang their hat on that player, whether it's a defensive end, whether it's a uh, a left tackle, no matter who it is. You're going to find examples everywhere of a player that didn't uh, turn out for another you know, three or four years, or uh, or maybe there were a, a one-year wonder and then nothing after that. You have to make sure that you know the player you're drafting. That can't put fear inside of you, though. You can't say, oh, well, the Falcons drafted a left tackle and he didn't turn out, so you should avoid that in the first round. No, you have to have faith in who you're drafting. And not every player is the same. I hate to make a comparison saying that what another player couldn't do is the same thing for this player when it's an entirely different person. I mean, you have to judge them on their own merits. So, I mean, I would love an offensive line in the first round. I'm not mad at the defensive line either. But, um, yeah, we have holes to fill on both sides of the football, Carl. So, Either one, I'm not mad at in the first round. I just want us to hit the pick, pick the right person for the job. You can't afford to miss a first-round pick, especially when it's in the top ten. That's kind of unforgivable. The good news is Marty Herney's pretty good at at nailing the first round. Uh, but I think this is that what what we see from that call, Cody, and and what from your response is that is that these are the two hardest positions to draft, period, defensive end as well as left tackle yeah. in the NFL. Let's point out that Matt Khalil was the number four pick overall, and look at how trash he is. Trash. So is that it is and – I, and I would like to think that all these teams have done their due diligence, but it is one of those things. These are positions that that are hard to project – is that you see a guy and you see what he can do in the in in college, and it looks good, and you're like, if he can follow that tra- trajectory, things would be great. But then you throw in an injury or two, or the very fact is is that, like I'm saying, from what we saw without Cam, for all the people that are so critical about Cam Newton, is this is that the dip from a premier player in the NFL to a second level player and then thinking of that as a dip from Cam Newton to a third or fourth tier player is so yeah. big. We're talking from a top 10 quarterback to the to the next level quarterback is a big drop off. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh we've got to nail this first round pick. We need to nail we got to have a flawless draft, but more importantly what we really need is a flawless free agency. I think that it's hard to rely on rookies. I think you're excited that if they produce, but is that, but, and you're optimistic and you're happy about them, but you cannot think about the, the, all the, the players that we have going back to Shaq Thompson, Vernon Butler, all these big time top tier players in theory, long time coming before they actually hit. So you've got to have both draft and free agency. 
You're listening to C3 Panthers post-game show. Panthers fell to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I think the saddest part is that we got swept by the damn Falcons this year. That's pretty damn troublesome. Numbers 252-228-5098. Tony, Cody, Joey, if you're there, I am sad. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I am sad. Next call. I am sad. Hi, this is Carl D. And I was going to call back until I heard that one caller saying fire the whole staff. You know what? He's made some, he shared some good points. And I agree with him. I am, I myself am tired of the BS. You know, I'm tired of Ron with the same old name, AWS excuses, missed opportunities. Couple of plays away from a different outcome. Blah blah blah. And man, one more. I mean, if the reports is true, we got one more year that we as Panther fans have to go through to hear this crap. It's, it's killing me. Telling me, Tony yeah. and Cody is killing me. I'm the listening <laughs> man. He don't take no responsibility for nothing. And as far as the players, if the players have stopped playing for him, it's because, hell, they tired of him throwing them under the bus and not taking responsibility for his actions. And like you said, Tony, before, uh, yeah, he... Since that Super Bowl, it does seem like he, he has an entitlement that his way is the best way and no other way possible. He don't know how to make adjustments. And he, you know what, Rod? You need to get with the times, man. Jesus, don't it. One more year with this guy? This crap? <sighs> okay. Co- Co- Cody started man, this man, show. Man, 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 man. Cody started the show by saying this. How do you get excited if this is going to be Ron Rivera back again? And I think that, you know, where we began, where we began is where we finished. You know, is that, is that right now it looks like Ron Rivera has not improved as a coach. Uh, This team has not improved as the season's gone on. And look, is that we can talk about injuries and talk about this, but doesn't every other team in the NFL have to play a full season? Don't they go through injuries as well? There's been some mistakes made in the front office, uh, and those are dating back to Gettleman. Uh, and, and, and God bless Herney for coming in and having a fantastic draft. You look at Ian Thomas today, man. He looked great. Yeah, the heir apparent to Greg Olson, dare I say. Uh, that was a steal in the fourth round. Um, and now all the talks are is that Greg wants to come back. Greg doesn't feel he's done playing football. So That's crazy. I mean, and again, there are so many questions going forward on this team. Listen, does anyone question that we love Thomas Davis, that we love Greg Olson, that we love uh, Ryan Khalil? I mean, these guys mean so much to us. We love this football team, and that's why we get so frustrated when we lose. But at the same time, you know, and now we don't like David Gettleman very much because of some bad draft picks and some bad decisions that were made. And, hey, I understand that. But partly the reason why we all believe that David Gettleman was fired 
is because he wanted to move on from the older players. And yep. he had the idea, and he had the idea in his mind that, you know, it's best to move on when they have a little bit left than when, you know, than to hold them too long and they're playing when they have nothing left at all. So, you know, and that's something that you have to do when you're a general manager. And we raped uh, David Gellerman over hot coals for that. So yeah, it, it's something. It's, it's something He's that good and bad. He was made. He was good and bad. You know, he did some good things, David Gettleman, and he did some things that I felt like he put himself in a poor position. Specifically, when he, you know, cut Steve Smith and he forced himself to then go and get Kelvin Benjamin. I thought he backed himself into a corner. And then, likewise, the following season when they had that weird, unceremonious parting with Josh Norman. And, and then you have to draft three corners in, in, in the second through fourth round. And James Bradbury is yeah. the only one still on the team. So there's some, and there's yeah. some really good things he did as well. He came in there, he put us together some rosters that made us competitive in years that we were in salary cap hell. So it wasn't all good. It wasn't all bad. But right now it turns out that Dave Gettleman was better at putting together a professional roster throughout the season than he was in drafting. And 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 it's sad. is that the guys just haven't worked out as well as we want. Cody, we've got one last call, and it's over, and we're going to get back together. Hopefully we're going to circle back up after Christmas if anybody can do that. Here's the last call of the show. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Nick. Hey, uh drove down with Josh. and. Uh, I, don't I have know. to say, I've been a New England fan all my life, so for 27 years, even before they were great. But uh thinking about moving down to Carolina and always loved the Panthers as long as I've seen them and heard Josh talk about them and everything. All right. You know, I haven't really seen too many of their games, but today it was it was a little rough. You know, I think the biggest thing was the refs weren't on our side. You know, it seemed like every, every step that we made and everything that we did, it wasn't good enough and that sort of deal, you know. The one that really got to me was uh, was the false start call, and then you know you had you had the guys rushing our QB get, ended up getting hurt, you know. So what's what's the deal with that? Um, and then just Heineke couldn't get couldn't get a pass off, but I think three quarters of that has to be the fact that he wasn't really able to practice at all this week. So yeah, but love the city, love the game. Definitely coming down next year at least a couple of times. Definitely going to be going to a couple games. So keep nice. coming, guys. Keep bringing your tax money to North Carolina. We appreciate that. And is <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, here is a uh, you know I did we did get one good call from the ref and uh, or we got one favorable call and that was the Dante Jackson when he was in fisticuffs with that uh, running back number thirty two. Is that that call went against the Falcons surprisingly? Yeah, I mean, listen. At this point, I've calls whatever, man. Yeah, who cares about the yeah, refs? Yeah, I don't think that the calls lost us that game. But uh, listen, man, uh, Charlotte is the fastest growing city in the southeast. Um, I, I hated that the weather was so bad for you guys because Charlotte. Uh, I, I live here. Today uh, was next- beautiful, though. Yeah, earlier on today it really was beautiful, but it, it's a it's a beautiful city, man. I live here in Charlotte. Uh, I'm smack dab in the middle of it. I love this city, and um, listen, David Tepper, you know, regardless of whatever decision he makes with Ron Rivera, 
I have faith that he is going to do the right things for this football team. Uh, yeah, listen, put the, it's not a bad thing to have faith in this football team. And if you jumped on as a fan right now, no one would ever say you're a bandwagon fan because you jump on the bandwagon when the team's doing good and we are not doing good. So listen, man, we welcome new fans with open arms. Um, yeah, thank you for calling into the show. Um, Tony, I, I found something online that's short, four-second video, and uh, I think this might be a, a good note to end the show on. So I'm going to... This appears to be Ryan sending his uh, final goodbye to Panther fans at, at Bank of America Stadium. All 12 of them. Yeah, all 12 of the fans in, God, in Bank look of America at that. I mean, Stadium. I don't blame it. But, yeah, uh, look, a light franchise player right there. He's been so important to... Uh, the offensive line, when he hasn't been there, it's been untenable. So, uh, tip of the cap to him. I hope he takes his brother with him. Sadly, that's a, that's a low blow. That's a low blow. It's thank you for what you've done for Charlotte. Thank you for what you've done for the Carolina Panthers. You've been tremendous. Uh, last year with that weird neck injury, I was not expecting this season to be one of, you know, 100% health. I think he's missed part of one game, and that's it. Yeah, and listen, offensive linemen, you know, you hear us talk about it, and you talk about offensive linemen when they're not doing their job. But, you know, unless you're a super fan of football, even when they're doing their job incredible, offensive linemen never really uh, get a lot of love. But I think Ryan Khalil has been one of the best centers in football uh, throughout his entire career. Uh, and he's been here since Jake DeLome. He's been through bad seasons. And um, Cam Newton has personally said how much Ryan Khalil means to him being under, you know, having him be the center, the guy that, that gives him the ball every play. That's a real connection that you have on the football field, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it's tough. As I said, you want to have your roster get younger, but it doesn't mean that these guys mean any less to us. Um, they've been incredible for us. And, um, yeah, if this is how it goes out for Khalil and Peppers, uh, it's a sad day, but it doesn't change what they mean to the franchise and, and, and the fans. A lot of Pro Bowls between the two of them, no Super Bowls. Uh, I saw Steve Reed from the AP uh he said this is just shows how difficult it is to win the Super Bowl in the NFL. You know, you're searching and you're searching, you're searching for one. It wasn't the Panthers year, unfortunately, for, for that. But again, you're talking about a player who has meant a lot to this team and this organization that's going to leave a big hole to fill next season. Yeah. And I don't believe that you can just expect Tyler Larson to be the answer there. That's like asking Amina Solatulu, yeah. depending on him to play guard or whatever is that I'm not saying that the guy's not a good player or that he doesn't want to or can't do the job. It's just this, is that you cannot put yourself in a position that where that's the only option. So, look, we got still more to talk about. Not today. We're going to come back, and hopefully Cody can join me on Wednesday after Christmas and circle back and, and, and keep the weekly thing up. If not, we'll, we'll find a way to work out a show uh, in in this week coming up. 
I want to take the time to say thank you to Cody and, and wish you a Merry Christmas, my friend. It's been a pleasure doing this with you each and every week this season so far. And all I can say is that I think the C3 Panthers podcast is better with you a part of it. Thanks so much, brother. Uh, all the love in the world. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Like I said, man, Carl Diddy says I forgot about the, the little people in the YouTube chat, but I swear I haven't. But I was one of you at one point. I was in the chat room um, doing cat calls. Uh, but I love what you what you and Joey uh, have done with this show. And uh, it's been absolutely amazing. So thanks you so much for having me on, brother. Uh, I look forward to this every Sunday and every Tuesday. And uh, I hope you and your family have a wonderful Merry Christmas and a happy, happy New Year, man. Yeah, is uh, thank you to all the people listening on YouTube right now, on Facebook, on Periscope. Is look, as I know that this has been a tough season, and this last seven game skid has been one of the tougher ones in recent memory. Uh, but look, is uh, is that first of all, you know, what are we going to do? What, are we going to stop watching football? Are we going to leave the game early? No. no, I stayed at the dam. I watched the Saints in 2010 beat us 33 to three. And I stayed to the end on that because, look, is that we put a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of tears, and a lot of our personal money uh, to, to, to go there. Look, Josh from Mass drove all the way from Massachusetts to go to this game. What a tremendous story. How many Panther fans have made those types of commitments, those types of sacrifices, because they really just enjoy this? And I thank each and every one of you for making that sacrifice, making that commitment to this podcast. You're listening uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. We appreciate it. Let's go ahead and just remember that we're going to keep doing this each and every week, good, bad, indifferent. We will find a way to get through it together in one year. One year we're going to hoist the Lombardi together and think about all those those wonderful moments uh, or that all of the pain that went into that. Uh, we live, die, sweat, cry, and celebrate uh, with this team, and we'll continue to do that. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and uh and be a part of the show via shindig via the cat calls 252-228-5098 we'll be back here after christmas y'all you enjoy your families and you have a good time and you remember this is that football fans make football more than a kid's game and on christmas even though this isn't a happy one for carolina panther fans is that you know this is that we're going to be back next week and like josh josh from Mass said the motto for real is keep pounding. Cody, I'll see you after Christmas, my friend. Thanks for so much, man. Absolutely. See you after Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody in the chat. All the diehard faithfuls, Tim Tizzy, Josh from Mass, Rex Smith, Legacy Land, J Dog. We love you all. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy holidays. And we're going to keep on pounding. We hope you'll join us and, uh, be with us along for the ride. Much love. And to and to all a good night. To all a good night. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out carolinacatchronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.